You're listening to Empowered Podcast with Patrick Maguire as he has empowered conversations with great people, doing great things and helping others. Join us at empoweredpodcast.ca. Hey, it's Patrick Maguire here with Empowered Conversations. Today, we're going to have this Empowered Podcasting conversation with a really great lady that's just been hustling and we got connected in a very unique way. I'm very excited for it. It's a great network. It's fantastic. I've been learning so much, probably learning way more than I'm putting into it, but that's okay too. This conversation just came out of a whim. I put it out there and said, hey, looking for great entrepreneurs. I want to have great conversations or as I like to say, empowered conversations with great people doing great things to empower or help others. And I got a response. Sarah and I had a conversation just the other week. It was really cool. It was calm. It was casual. It was enlightening and honestly, for me, empowering, which obviously I like that term, but there's even more to it than that. Let me tell you a little bit about Sarah before we really get into this real quick. We're giving the bio and a little bit of LinkedIn stuff. And by the way, this is going to be live stream on LinkedIn right now and recorded for our podcast for later release. So if you miss it on LinkedIn live stream, you will definitely be able to pick this up on the podcast release later in audio and in the future video as well. So that being said, let's get into this with Sarah right now. Sarah really is uh, an entrepreneur whose projects include safeguarding patients and brands in India against counterfeit medicines, supporting parents globally on their journey alongside with children and special needs. She's the go-to person for spinning up new projects, which is super cool. I love that. And she's a collaborator and project manager who gets stuff done. And she's inspiring people along the way. The common thread is uh, what gets the attention is challenging projects that actually improve people's lives. So Sarah checks all those boxes that I like, have an empowered conversation, great people doing great things, empowering others and helping others. It's really awesome. Sarah specializes in startups and internal and external collaboration, managing projects, inspiring teams. We can keep going, but folks, let's just say she is empowered. Her history is rich and all about helping others. Here are a few things about corporate Sarah. Senior Director at Love 146, Executive Director at Arch Grants, VP Communications Love 146, Co-Founder PharmaSecure, Clinton Fellow at American India Foundation, and so much more. And the one that's got her going today is she is the founder of Empowered Together. Sarah, a really huge and empowered thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Patrick. It's great to be here. And obviously, you must love our company since we are empowered <laughs> together. And it really matches your theme of empowered conversations. Here. Absolutely. I, as we talked before, I love empowered. I used to own and run. I, I still own it, but I don't do it anymore. It's empowered nutrition and part of empowered entrepreneur and empowered podcast are uh, really is about those conversations with great people doing great things, as we said a few times, and also empowered equity and empowered empathy. These are strategies that I believe. And I believe that word empowered is not for you or me. I think empowered is for those that we're helping. And that's why when we talked, I first saw it, I thought you were putting me on when I saw the, hey, let's have a discovery call empowered together. I was like, come on. But so Sarah, real quick, before we get into things, what is empowered together? Yeah. So interestingly, I do count myself among the parents who are becoming empowered together because I am representing one of 
31 million households in the U.S. or 240 kids impacted around the world with disabilities. So I have two kids. My eight-year-old Miriam is fabulous. Uh, she also has a rare genetic disease. And then my six-year-old William is also fabulous. <laughs> and he is what we would consider neurotypical without any kind of diagnosis. So when I was seeing, when I was on that journey of beginning to parent my daughter, Miriam, I realized that so many services centered her needs and there was a lack of services centering parents' needs. Oh, yeah. But research shows that kids whose parents receive support at the same time as them have superior outcomes to kids whose parents don't receive support. So it seemed like a no-brainer that I was going to find a way to center the parents' needs, make sure that we as parents are doing well. And the best way to do it is by bringing parents together. And I am one of those to become empowered together, empowered to ensure our needs are met, sort of put on the face air mask um, first before, before <laughs> yes. we can help others. And then also have connections to resources that we need both as individuals and to support our kids. So that's the, the basic idea of Empowered Together, providing community of peers to parents and connections to resources. And then the big vision is that all families impacted by disability have a seat at the table, are included, mm. are really a part of the fiber of our communities because we become more vital communities worldwide when that's the case. Absolutely. And I, I like that. I, you have that analogy. My stepfather is a pilot and I've flown all over the world. And but you never think of that. You hope you never have to do it. But put the air mask on yourself first right. so you can take care of others instinctively as a mom or a dad. Is that really what you want to do though? Like, don't you want to dive in and take care of the kids first and you kind of forget about yourself? And I'm going to guess that's where you're sitting here now saying, hey, we got to help those that are helping others first so they can be better at their jobs. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah, that's it, caring for the caregivers, because you're right. It's not my natural inclination as a mom to slow down, say, okay, what do I need to do to be the best? We hear a lot about self-care. I think that it's a term that maybe in some cases has been weaponized. Mm. Like it's almost dividing whether people kind of adhere to that principle or not. I think there's maybe some misconceptions around that. But at the end of the day, I as a parent want to ensure I'm well, I'm in a mentally stable place so that I can be the best parent to both of my children in terms of my daughter who has a disability. If I am in a stable place, that means I'm going to be able to better navigate the educational system that supports her. Okay. I'm going to be coming to the table in PPT or a professional placement team meetings, able to better advocate for her. I'm going to understand what medical professionals she may need to connect with. And if I don't know, I'm going to have a, I'm going to be in a better place to connect with Empowered Together with the resources in my community to figure out what I need. But if I'm stressed out and I'm <laughs> not in a good place mentally, like I really just don't have the wherewithal to do no, that. No, that's so hard and I get it. We were just talking about how I've got three kids running around in many different directions. And when you start to get extra stress, whether it's finances, personal, whether it's just being busy stress, we all know just being busy is stressful or whether you're stuck on a computer all day long, creating these external stresses that aren't even necessary, but they're required for daily activity. Again, not necessary does not mean it's required folks, but we create all these weird stresses. And then to think that we don't take care of ourselves first is crazy, but that's society now. And I like how you're putting the caregiver first because just that stress alone throws you off and you're not the best parent you can be. 
regardless of being the caregiver, you're not the best parent you can be. And so sometimes, um, me, I like to ride. So I, I just disappear for a ride. I get permission first. I always ask my wife, Hey, is it okay? Sometimes the kids are with me. Sometimes they're not, but that's my clarity thing. And that's the one little thing that I'll say just to take care of me, but it's certainly not enough to get a couple rides a weekend. We need to do so much more. We need people like you. We need to connect with people like you. We need to talk. We need to have empowered conversations and say, ah, I'm losing it. Help me out. And somebody comes along and helps you out. And I think that's really originally how you and I got the connection. It's we're both part of a faith-driven entrepreneur group and put the reach out there and we got connected and I'm having lots of other great conversations, not that we're recording them all or jumping on a podcast, but I'm able to talk openly with someone to help me out. And that's me as an entrepreneur uh, and a busy dad of three and trying to be a good husband. I th I'm going to say wonderful husband. I'm hoping she says yes, but I get it. You're a mom, you're a wife, you're a caregiver. You are an entrepreneur. You're doing the same thing. And now you're helping other people be able to chat with you. I'm curious about the conversations you have, not the conversation specifically. But when you're chatting with somebody and you're done, I'm curious how you feel as maybe the, the person who facilitates it all or connects people. I'm curious on the other end, you, when somebody helps you out, how do you feel? What does that feel like knowing that somebody's there for you? Yeah. Yeah. And you're hitting on a really interesting thing too, that as the founder and host of the Empowered Together Online community, I, I am the founder. So it's my responsibility to facilitate conversations that other people come to and gain value from. And so that brings me immense joy okay. when I'm hearing parents connect with one another, when they're sharing strategies or when they're just being vulnerable and honest <laughs> about what's hard, because we often need that space where we can be honest, where we're not going to be judged because we screamed at our kids or we didn't navigate a meltdown well, or we're just at the end of our rope and we're so frustrated by maybe some sort of system or problem that we're facing. And so when I hear that parents are able to share that, feel heard and understood by their peers and including me, and then feel empowered to go out and maybe do things a little differently or maybe open up to curiously explore how they got to the point they're at or why they're feeling the way they're feeling. Um, not passing judgment on where they're at and how they got there, but like, hey, what might this look like in the future? Those for me are really encouraging conversations. And I feel like that's sort of our sweet spot of connecting parents with one another so that we can really be a, a circle of care yeah. for one another as peers facing this. When I received that, I was on a call yesterday with a mom of an adult son and he is autistic. He also is a writer. Oh, cool. And uh, he's engaged to be married this nice. summer. So super exciting. And so she just sat there and she, after sharing her story, asked me how I'm doing. If I'm receiving therapy, how's my marriage? Wow. And I honestly had tears in my eyes because I think it's very infrequent that we pause to reflect on those things and that we encounter other people that are willing to ask mm -hmm. potentially uncomfortable questions. And that's the kind of thing that I'm looking to spur on more of where we get to a point where there's a lot of trust built up. And, and that's essential if we're going to be able to go to those vulnerable places and be honest where I think change really starts to happen. But when I am on the receiving end of that, I'm so incredibly grateful for it that somebody had the courage to ask a difficult question 
and give me time and space to pause and consider, hmm, how am I doing? <laughs> what might be beneficial for me to build into my routines or just to kind of share a little more about where I'm at and, and why I'm there and where I'm headed? Isn't that so weird that sometimes, especially as an entrepreneurial founder, like we're just we're driven to do these things and we're like, oh, go execute, help others, execute the program, make sure I take care of all my team members, all my staff, all of our partners that we work with. And then somebody says, hey, Sarah, how you doing? And you're like, oh, I didn't take time to think about that. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it's yeah. crazy and weird. I'm, I'm glad that she did that. And if she is listening or if she hears this podcast, I'm so glad that you flipped the switch on Sarah and played a different role. And we need that. We need it as founders, as entrepreneurs, as parents, as caregivers, and as a facilitator. I mean, Empowered Together, you're not just talking about one person. You're talking about hundreds and thousands. Let's talk about that a little bit. Like the question I would ask would be, do you have a cause or charity? We kind of know the answer, but help me understand what that cause is. Help us share that with the audience. Yeah. My vision is for every family impacted by disability around the world to have the resources that they need and also to be truly included in their community and have a seat at the table, not only for things concerning them and impacting them as a family somehow impacted by disability, but just in simple ways to be included on the playground for kids to realize disability is okay. It's not something to be scared about. It's not something to be ostracized or the individual with disability. So big picture vision, that's what I'm going after. And in the near term, my focus first is on ensuring that the caregivers, the parents, the primary caregivers of individuals with disabilities have the emotional and tactical support that they need coming from their peers and also professionals in the field. Wow. I like that, that, that extra piece, which really is your main focus, of course, from what I understand is making sure those caregivers, they have what they need and they're okay. That's a big deal. Yeah. Most of us think about the actual what they might think is the problem. How do we solve this like square peg round hole type thing? No, why don't we solve the person who's making that square peg? Like, why don't we help them at the beginning, at the root of the situation? It's not the problem. It's, there is no problem in this case. This is really like mom, dad needs some freaking help, help them chill, help <laughs> them relax. And like you say, empower it together, yeah. get them the tools, get them the resources, get them the network to just be better at being a great parent. And obviously yeah. we know anyone that's working with anyone that has a disability, whether it's their own child or somebody else's child, or they're a caregiver in any sort, we know that it's a new level of super parenting, if you want to call it that. And there's so much more love that has to be given. And we can't just fix the, these inclusionary situations overnight. I have a really deep love for a young girl named Ashley a long time ago. When I was going through high school, I got the chance to work with her and her sister. And at the time, my girlfriend, you know, and they had some challenges and they were, it was really rough. I mean, we're talking, that's almost 30 years ago, maybe more, but there was like, it was nothing. And, and the mom and dad were stressed out and they were just like, they had grants and funds to be able to help take care of Ashley and her sister. And, and they would hire people like us to come in and, and just spend time with them and take them to the park. Like you said, that actually reminded me of that, of putting Ashley on the swing and I had to get an extra strap belt. Like we had this Velcro belt that to make sure she stayed on because she wouldn't, she'd just flop off. But the inclusion in everyday life activities, we have to get better at that as the, the caregiver and as inclusionary for everybody walking around. 
So I, I really appreciate what you're doing. This hits me home. It hits hard. It's, I love it. Um, so excited, but what's, what's something exciting that's happened in your life? Yeah. We're talking about Sarah now. <laughs> you asked me this, you asked me this question, Patrick, and I couldn't pick just one. I know. Are you like over the course of any point in time in my life? Anything you want. Why don't you give me a couple things that have just inspired you, excited you, made you happy, empowered. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course, getting married to the man who has been my husband for the past 10 years. His name's John. Way to go, John. That was exciting to get married. Yeah. It's exciting to remain married and disability has a way of driving a wedge mm. into any relationship, including marriage. And so I think it's just a testament to God's grace that we've remained married and a united front. We both love adventurous outdoor things. So we have done backpacking, adventure races like the Spartan race and the Go Rock, which I won't repeat, but it was <laughs> exciting, I guess, to carry around like a cinder block through the streets of St. Louis. Oh my goodness. We did have an inspiring moment when we finished. Actually, we didn't finish, but we got to be at the St. Louis Arch at sunrise. So that was a lovely moment. Go Rock is an overnight adventure uh, race. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I've done a few overnight mountain bike races, but overnight carrying a cinder block through the city, I'm not signing up. Yeah, they like our our leader found this downed tree and we had to carry this tree through the streets. I mean, it was ridiculous. But, you know, we did it together as a couple and with a whole group. And I think it really bonded us. We also uh, did a trip, a rafting trip down the Smith River in Montana. We lived Amazing. there and we took our then very young Miriam. She was probably one and a half or two years old. And we encountered rain. We encountered snow. We encountered hail on With this trip. With a two-year-old on your side? And, yeah. I mean, she was like strapped to my husband's chest and he had a <laughs> down jacket and a raincoat over it as he's oaring the raft. And there's only like one set, one seat that to oar for, to paddle from in the raft. So I was like just sitting there trying not to freeze in the front of the raft. <laughs> But we've been on some pretty epic adventures, and I just am grateful that we have each other on that journey and that we, our kids come along, whether they're moaning and groaning yeah. about it or strapped into a carrier and they can't get out, but they're there for the journey too. John, you are my hero. Seriously, guy. That's super dad stuff. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. So that's really cool stuff. I love it. That's stuff that's personal and that's exciting and I've done the rafting. I've done the mountain biking. I've done bike riding. I've never carried a cinder block through the city. That's new. That's <laughs> I don't recommend yeah, it. And we both know that being a parent, being a husband or wife, being a spouse, you can't overwrite those things. They are the joys of life that are just so incredible. And then being a founder, we know that being a founder of multiple businesses in your case, or at least in the early stages, co-founder, executive directors, we know building those things are like our third and fourth, in my case, fourth, your case, third babies for a very short period of time that we grow up and give away or something. So that's cool. Yeah. On the flip side, we kind of know what's going on today, but what's got you excited lately? Yeah. I get super excited about Empowered Together and we're looking to partner with family-facing agencies that okay. serve large populations of individuals with disabilities. So some of the conversations that I've gotten to have recently with organizations like that get me super excited. We're always looking for more. We're at the stage now where we can co-develop our solution 
with an agency partner. So mm. just thinking of the possibilities there and how to ensure that families the agency serve get the best support needed is is really exciting for me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure if there's any anybody that's listening, watching this live stream or the podcast in the future, and you need to, of course, if you think this resonates with you, if you think there's some sort of connection or something you can do with Empowered Together, I'm going to say it, I'm going to call it out, I'm going to self-promote you, but EmpoweredTogether.us, Empowered Together, us. Like seriously, folks, you can't get that wrong. EmpoweredTogether.us. Let's do it. Find Sarah, hit her up. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, I'm very excited. I mean, I've already sort of pushed a few people your way because I like what you're doing a lot. And I know that it takes, like they say, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, it probably takes an mm -hmm. army to really change the way that the villages around the world are thinking about people, children with disabilities and to raise those children. I believe it takes an army of people. So. Yeah. So I want you yeah. to keep going. I want you to stay inspired. I want you to be empowered, of course. I mean, we've been talking in general about Empowered Together. We've been talking about being a parent, a caregiver, and the stresses we go through. We've been talking about all sorts of stuff, even the stress of carrying a cinder block and going down a raft with your very young child strapped to your chest. But is there anything specific that maybe we should be talking about today? It's a great question. Something that you were saying earlier, I think is worth coming back to, and it's the idea of being a super parent. Something that gets me excited is thinking about, not really thinking of how parents of kids with disabilities are super ext or extraordinary in any way, because speaking as such a parent, um, I, I think I always looked at other parents who had a child that was physically living with a disability is some kind of superhuman. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to spell the myth right here and now that we're not superhumans. I think sorry. We are. <laughs> well, for everybody else listening, let me just assure you, I'm not superhuman in some way. I didn't come with this extraordinary ability yeah. to parent a child who has extraordinary needs. Um, but the reality is that we all have needs and every child has needs and every person on this planet is supported by someone else in some way. And so I think beginning to see that interconnectedness can help to dispel the myth that disability has to be this like marginalized identity. Mm -hmm. And in our societies, really around the world, I lived in India when I co-founded Pharma Secure and was leading it. As the CEO, I lived in Ireland for a time. I lived in Nepal for a time. Everywhere that I've lived, I've seen that disability is, and the disability community is marginalized. Yeah. So this isn't something unique to North America, whether it's Canada or where you're sitting in the U.S. where I am. And I think as we begin to see families, parents impacted by disability, children who have disabilities are people. Mm -hmm. Yes, they have differing abilities but they're really just people. And, and one of the things that I think is fascinating and really exciting to me is when parents and Empowered Together begin to explore the way that they're perceiving their child's disability. And the reason it gets me really excited is because I think that change needs to start with the people in closest proximity to individuals with disabilities. Right. If I'm seeing my child as a charity case, then I'm not going to be an advocate for her to be viewed as a person inherently valued 
because I'm coming with this perspective made in the image of God, as I believe every individual is. And so when we as parents start to get that same perspective of our child, whatever their status is with a disability, neurotypical, whatever it is, neurodiverse or neurodivergent, I think that for me to play a role in parents reassessing how they're perceiving their child's abilities, encouraging parents to presume competence among their children and to kind of push their children to be, be adaptive um, in their communities. I'm speaking very like at high level esoterically right. here, but it gets me excited for parents to start to change that perspective because then they start speaking from that perspective and they start acting from that perspective. Mm. And so when I see another parent of a child with special needs beginning to empower their own child, that helps me to better understand the value of individuals with disability in our community. It helps me to have a model and example to begin acting differently towards my child, becoming curious about what my child's abilities may be. Right. And I think as that um, example starts to be set, then we can look towards the greater systemic change that I want to accomplish. But I think it has to start with those who are most clo in closest contact with individuals with disabilities. Wow. Okay. That is just a lot. It's so much, but it comes down to that sort of that last line is we have to look at everything differently. We have to be ready to be inclusive and not marginalize even little things. We just in life in general, we marginalize some of the stupidest things ever. And then we highlight some of the even stupider things, which is crazy. So I really do think that in everything that I heard there, I'm trying to sum it up, but it's really comes down to people being people and caring for others and making sure that we include everybody in everything we do as if it's just part of our daily routines and activities. That's, that's me. I'm simplifying it. I'm, Hey, I don't have to live at this point with any crazy stresses. I don't have any extra stresses, but I have enough stresses as just being a parent or trying to be a good one. And again, that's why yeah. I think that any parent that is going above and beyond that you don't just have your daily duties. You have your daily duties and the daily duties of being able to take care of anyone else that may have a disability, whether it's severe or minor, of course, whether it's a, a simple just changing of the way we think, the way we act, the way we talk. It's empowering for our communities and, and for the parents. So, I mean, I've got some family members that have something, it's not as simple, but something like, as I would say, marginalized or minimal compared to what you work with every day but just mental health, even something like that is disability, mm -hmm. uh, debilitating for somebody. Yeah. And let's be honest, I'm an entrepreneur and I go up and down all the time. And yeah, I've battled yeah. with some pretty deep, dark stuff at times. And most people don't know that because they only see this. <laughs> but I think you're making a really good point there, Patrick, of starting to normalize some of these things. And unfortunately, like I've kind of wrestled with that, like, hey, do I need to bear the burden on educating other people about disability or mental health? Because that's impacted my life as well. And I think that we're all called to different things. So when I'm in a good space to advocate for that, then yeah, <laughs> that's what I do. Because it's only by talking about it that I begin to raise awareness within my circle. And that other people start to be honest and open up about what they've experienced as well. Right. Like I had a conversation at church on Sunday about that. A mom asking a question, 
not realizing that I had experienced the same thing with my daughter that she's experiencing with her daughter. It's really only through having these conversations that we can begin to normalize some of the stuff, not to say that everything's okay that we're talking about, but that we can begin having the conversations because it's really only in that way that we're going to move the needle really in anything, whether it's disability, mental health, anything. Yeah, I definitely like that. It's about the conversations, empowered conversations with empowered together, but it's true. Like Einstein said, I stand on the shoulders of giants that went before you just clearly stated it. You were having a conversation with a lady who's having a challenge. And then you went, oh yeah, I've already done that. I've dealt with it. Now I can help somebody else. So you're now a leader. You're an expert. And I, I remember this definition. I've heard it so many times in different ways, but definition of a leader when it comes to a, an expert, even in a court of law, is a person who knows more than the other people in the room. That's actually classified as an expert in whatever that is, that topic. So. I mean, Sarah, you've been living this, you've been helping others, you've networked groups, you're an expert in this field. And even just by going before that lady, even if it was a week ago or a month ago or years ago, you've gone through that experience, you're the experienced expert in that situation. And I think many people forget that. And there's many times where we forget, oh yeah, I did that. Like I carried a cinder block through the city. Like. These You're are, not going to let that one go. <laughs> I am not because I think it's insane. That's the only part that I would say is, I know you're an entrepreneur. I know you're a mom and you're a wife. I know you got two kids. So I already know you're crazy like me. But I think carrying the cinder block and a tree through the city is insane. But it's actually kind of cool. <laughs> but it leads me to say this. And this is why I keep sitting on it. Parents who are dealing with a new layer of complexities. That's what you have. I'm not going to call it a disability anymore. I'm going to start to change the way I think of it. It's a complexity. It's just a new thing you got to do that is above and beyond what the average parent has to deal with. And the idea of carrying a cinder block is carrying that extra weight or the yoke or the cross Hmm. or whatever your burden is. You do it and you do it to the best of your abilities and finishing, or, or in your case, not finishing that cross, crossing that goal line, but finishing or trying to finish and not quitting and not giving up for the sake of our children, for the sake of those that have the challenges and struggles. That's why I would say that puts parents from being a good parent to a great parent to what I would classify as the super parent. You're being a super caregiver and you just, Mm -hmm. the tenacity you won't give up because somebody else is counting on you. And now don't mean to put the pressure on you, Sarah, but you now have a global community counting on power together. You got to be a super mob to all those people. That's going to be tough, but I know you can do it because you've done those crazy things. You've gone before, you've helped others, you've networked people. And the amazing thing that I like is that I'm hearing everything is the community. You've talked about us so many times, the community and the network and the resources. So it's not all on you. You've just led the charge and said, we got to have this conversation. We've got to normalize these conversations and, and make them empowered with empowered together. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So one thing that comes to mind as you're talking about this, and even as you were going going back to what you were saying about leaders, I, a piece that has been impressed upon me over the last year, especially as I've built Empowered Together, is curiosity. Mm-hmm. And experts have more knowledge than the people in the room. I think leaders also remain curious um, about what they don't know and about how to contextualize what they do know. And so that's a really important part to empower together. But I think that can apply to so many other situations where, yeah, I come with expertise. I come with my lived experience, 
I also want to hear from other people, hey, what are you experiencing? Like I, the conversation I was having with that model, like, well, tell, you, tell me a little bit more about why your perspective is what it is mm -hmm. and what you're hoping to accomplish with your daughter. And it's through that kind of like teasing out of understanding more about the context and the situation that I think enables leaders to really drive towards change because we're getting at the motivation underlying behaviors. The other piece of why did I continue carrying a cinder block? Because it wasn't saying like, I don't why would somebody do that? But it was because I was in community. I was a group of 20 people marching through the streets and we all took turns with a cinder block. So we all had like bricks in a backpack on our back that we carried the entire time. I didn't mention that part, but then we took turns carrying the cinder blocks and carrying the tree. We had to carry the like three cinder blocks, a whole night tree, some distance. And so it really does relate to empowered together because why do we continue running the race? Why do we persevere? And, and I think parents are going to do it regardless. Yes. Like they're going to parent by and large because it's just what we do as parents. But why does somebody continue remaining an advocate? Why does somebody continue being curious and not just shut down and say, okay, we're just doing what we've always done because we know that we can just keep doing it. I think it's because we live in community with peers and empowered together. That means parents who are continuing to encourage one another to remain engaged, to remain right. curious, to remain advocates rather than just shutting down. And it's really easy when we become isolated to just shut down. So that's why it's important to surround ourselves with people that cheer us on and keep us going. It's funny. Just as you said, cheer us on, I was already thinking of everybody's rocky. Everybody's fighting in the streets, running through the streets. <laughs> and everybody around us are the Mickeys. Our communities are the Mickeys just cheering them on and getting them going. So I love that right at the end, you said cheering us on. I, that's it's so true. And Sarah, I will say this. I don't often want to preemptively assume or project to anybody that I talk with that I'm going to have you on another podcast and, and kind of force it in. I try and keep things fresh and new. Sarah, we're going to have another conversation. We're going to have to talk about this. We're going to have to follow <laughs> up on this. This is, uh, it's empowering yeah, for me. And, and I do want to make sure that the community that we're possibly influencing here with this podcast, we're able to come back and say, hey, follow-up, update, check out what's happening with Empowered Together. So in sort of wrapping things up though, of course, I think it's probably important that, uh, well, well, how the heck do we find you? How do people get in touch with you? How do we connect? Yeah, well, you mentioned EmpoweredTogether.us. I'm going to be using that Empowered Together Us from now on. <laughs> That's our website. So people can find us there. I want to be explicit in that our community is for parents and primary yes. caregivers of individuals with special needs. So request to join the community if you are in that group of a parent or a primary caregiver. And you can also find my email on there. It's also Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at empoweredtogether.us. And then maybe in show notes, we can list some socials. Yes. I often get people asking like, hey, I just want to learn more. How do I become an ally or an advocate? I think one of the best ways is just to follow us on social media and become exposed to the way that we're thinking about this. Okay. And that will grow you in your knowledge and maybe some steps that you can take in your own community. Absolutely. And so for those listening on live stream, obviously you're not going to see those show notes because it's live and uh, we will follow this up. We'll be posting it on the, the live stream recording on LinkedIn. Of course, we'll tag it. Make sure you get connected with Sarah and empowered together.us. 
I love that, by the way. I like it now. And also when we release the podcast, you're going to be able to see all of Sarah's socials, all of the Empowered Together socials. So you'll be able to get that. You'll be able to click. You'll be able to connect. Maybe you just become a follower who watches along and gets a little inspiration through these things that we get a little education before you become part of the community. Maybe you're all in and you're, you're raising your hand and saying, holy crap, I need help. I need it now. There's somebody to help me. There's a network. There's a resource in every corner of the world. You need a team that can help you navigate that crazy river with your child strapped to your chest. And the Empowered Together team is definitely the one to do that. They can help you navigate those rough waters and get where you need to go and make sure you're doing it with a community that can help you carry that load, that cinder block and cheer you on and be your cheerleaders. Sarah, again, I'm really excited. I'm so happy that we had this conversation. I'm glad we connected through FDE and I know we're going to connect more and I just can't wait to see what you're doing on the other end as things grow and progress. And I can't wait to, what I would love to see, I don't know if you want to do this, but I'd love to see somehow, maybe it's in your marketing. I don't know where it is. A bunch of success stories, a bunch of happy compliments, maybe smiling faces somewhere that would warm my heart. And I would know that it probably would hit home with a lot of parents going, oh my goodness, we do have good days. <laughs> yeah. Take a look at our website to see some testimonials of parents Absolutely. who have been positively impacted, how their lives have changed through Empowered Together. And I like, Patrick, how you use that metaphor of navigating rough waters with a child strapped to your chest, because that is a great image. And yeah. Thank you, John. Yeah. I'll make sure to share this with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Sarah, thank you so much for this time. I enjoyed it. I love our conversations. You got a beautiful heart, beautiful mind. You got a beautiful mission. And I just can't wait to see the explosion of Empowered Together. Thanks so much, Patrick. Pleasure to thank be here. Thank you. All right, folks. Well, that's it. You heard incredible stories of navigating rough waters. You've heard the carrying cinder blocks and the, all the Mickeys running around cheering you on and getting you through it. It's with Empowered Together, it's the only way to do it, especially if you're working with a family, a child, or a friend that is in need with a disability or a challenge. It doesn't just have to be visual, it could be physical, it could be just internally, they might need your help. Moms, dads, caregivers, get help. Get some assistance, get some guidance, take a deep breath and relax. In fact, that's what I sent to Sarah before this episode, before we had an empowered conversation. I said, take a deep breath, relax, have fun, be empowered. That's what we want for you. That's what Empowered Together wants for you. That's what I want for you. And that's why we have these empowered conversations. So thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for listening in. Check out empoweredtogether.us. That's empoweredtogether.us. And have an empowered day. Thank you all. Empowered. A Blue Mex podcast is hosted by Patrick McGuire and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. Empowered podcast may be compensated by sponsors, products, or services in this show. For more empowered content, subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord.